0: And we are live. Welcome into Short Yardage. I'm Michael Saccoli. I'm here with Nick Roll. And, man, we are we're exiting the third week and third and final week of preseason. And it's been a busy week. Uh, how's it going with you?
1: I'm fired up. I'm fired up because the ADPs are crystallizing. Um, what I mean by that is uh, this was the real first draft weekend. Um, we got one more before the season starts. But this was the weekend where we really saw – no mock draft ADPs, just just no best ball ADPs, like straight up redraft cool. ADPs. And it's great to see where everyone's falling. Also, um, I got to give a couple shout-outs. I had uh, a couple drafts this weekend. One was the 24th annual, the 24th annual Horseman 24. Lodge League. Shout-out uh, to the Horseman Lodge League. I know some of those guys are hopefully tuning in. But 24 years, uh, next, next year is going to be 25. Also, shout-out Leroy E. I'm wearing this uh, little get-up here for uh, this is his hat. So uh, a lot of those guys knew him. That's my grandpa. Uh, when I say Leroy, you say E. Shout out Phil. Phil.
0: <laughs> that 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 is incredible. 24 years. That is longer than I've been on this earth, which is saying something. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I didn't even make that connection. You told me that before, but saying it now, saying it out loud, it's a whole different thing. Um, do you want to get right back right into it? We got a busy doc. It's you know we we normally go on Thursdays. You know we took a couple of days. I moved into college. You're gonna see a different background here. And we took a couple of days off, and the world, the NFL landscape changed a lot in those four days. Um, so, what do you want to start with?
1: Yeah, let's jump right in um, with uh, some of the preseason news. I mean, kind of things are really starting to clear up. But uh, probably the biggest news of the week was JK um, mid draft, actually uh, uh, for me yesterday. Thank God I had not drafted him. ECL um, done for the year. What do you think?
0: I think that I was in the middle of shopping for a TV and a Best Buy, and I fell to my knees and <laughs> wept for my dynasty rosters were just devastated. But it's brutal for J.K. Dobbins. I love him. He's my favorite running back in that class. Obviously, he's going to be he's going to be out for the year. That leaves Gus Edwards stepping in. There's people who are a little bit more cautious about him. I view him exactly how I would have used Dob- uh, viewed Dobbins, um, except I think there's more – there's a no, there's less competition. J- J- Justice Hill, Tyson Williams. Let's say they bring in Todd Gurley, whoever it is. It's not J.K. Dobbins. It's less talented than J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards will get his due. It's it's a 220 carry lock to me in a yeah. very talented offense. And
1: the way the way I view it is, um, what Gus lacks in talent between him and J.K. He's gonna make up for in just a little bit of extra volume. He's gonna get his. Volume, which he was probably going to get, I don't know, 33% to 40% of the carries. Um, it's going to jump to 60. Way. It's yeah. going to jump to 60. Yeah. So um, he's the 60 guy and, and what, what they like to be a 60, 40, or what most likely we'll see is something like a 60, 20, 20 split here. Um, you put a guy down uh, Tyson Williams. Uh, he, he's a chunk. He's a chunk boy. Uh, he's six one two twenty. six, one, two So he, he might be a bruiser. Uh, but uh, Gus Edwards is good at the goal line. Um, he, he, he's that guy, like, for the last few years, we haven't really been on Gus Edwards because uh, he's, not, he's never been a big-name guy, but he scores touchdowns and uh, takes touchdowns away from uh, the J.K. Dobbins of the world. But,
0: and he, and um, he keeps getting it done. He's, he, like, he might not be the flashy receiver that we would want to be. He, might, he wasn't the highest-drafted guy. Um, he doesn't rip off the 40-, 50-yard plays that you want, but he's a continual 4.5 to 5-yard per carry clip and he's going to just take it all the way. So I'm – I uh, well, I guess not take it all the way, but he's going to take the brunt of the work. He's going to – it's one less person to deal with on the goal line, in my eyes. If they're bringing Gurley, he could mix in there. I don't think Tyson Williams is taking a goal line carry as big as he is. Um, So it's Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards. Uh, And, you know, a large market share in that offense, I'm all about. So I'm willing to take him around that RB 19 to RB 22 range, maybe RB 18. Um. Obviously, it it goes it's better in half PPR. He's not going to catch passes, but I wasn't too confident that Dobbins was either. So people saying you know that we were looking for a passing down, you know, Gus Edwards isn't, isn't going to get the passing down, neither was Dobbins as much as we wanted him to. So I'm I'm all I, I I'll draft Gus Edwards with confidence this year.
1: Yeah, four or five turn is is great for Gus Edwards if Lovely. you're uh, looking for a running back. I like him uh, right behind Chris Carson. Uh yeah. Jameis Winston wins the job. Um yeah. I was I was uh hoping for this because uh every everything's back on for for New Orleans. Um actually, I mean, mm-hmm. Jameis is gonna have to turn uh water into wine there for for a few weeks, it seems. But weeks, uh, yeah. I think the biggest news as it currently stands mm-hmm. is that Alvin Kamara probably gotta move him up to number two, um, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. just because the offense is really going to flow through him and, and shots downfield that put Alvin Kamara in the situations to score. Um, I've had him
0: at, yeah, I've had him at two my entire process based on the receiving work. I, as soon as Michael Thomas went down, don't blame anyone for taking Dalvin Cook over him, but I think that's the tier. I think we have CMC, then we have uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. You could choose the order. I'll choose Alvin Kamara, and then you have Derek Henry right behind him, but I think a step down in the tier. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'll I'll take out Kamara too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let's let's keep hitting these fit um quickly. T. Y. Hilton um injury. Um it doesn't seem super clear uh how severe it was it undisclosed. Is other, yeah, other other than um it's gonna be a multiple week absence. At uh, this stage of his career, that does not inspire confidence in a player that we weren't confident in already. However, what this does do is it um, kind of boosts Michael Pittman up in the volume category. I'm not sold on his talent. I think the most talented wide receiver who has injury concerns in that wide receiver core is Paris Campbell. And for me, go get Paris Campbell right now if uh, he's on any of your waiver wires. Um, that's that's the uh, that's the thing that should be happening right now that hasn't happened yet.
0: I do like Michael Pittman. I think I I would liked him out of uh, I like those USC wide receivers right out of college. Um, I, I think I think he could take a big step this year. He's someone I'm targeting at the end. Um, what what the Hilton thing is? We weren't drafting TY Hilton. We nobody nobody was expecting anything to deal Hilton. What it does is it takes a field stretcher away from Carson Wentz. Um, I don't even think it affects Pittman that much. It gives Zach Pascal a nice little down, downfield role where he'll have one to two DFS weeks. Um but all this does is a downgrade for Carson Wentz, a little downgrade for the offense.
1: Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, RB situations, uh, the some preseason kind of usage counts that we've seen. Um, Tony Jones seems to be uh, winning the number two job in new Orleans. Um, and uh, a shout out to another league. I'm in uh, flow exotics, wonder Emporium. Um, they were asking me why I thought Tony Jones was this year's James Robinson. Um, it's, it's more of like a, a big picture galaxy brain take. Um, who's the most likely like out of nowhere RB1? I GDF. think this Tony Jones I feel I feel like this Tony Jones guy and that's where the similarities really stop honestly <laughs> um, with the situation. but um, Tony Jones he's he's explosive. they seem to love him. he's the he's been uh, surprising some people in camp and Lat Murray like literally they might have to cut him not because he's bad, but because they need to pay the rookie class.
0: They saved four million dollars by cutting Latavius Murray. He's been sluggish this off season. If they cut, him, if they keep him, it's strictly because he's familiar with the scheme. But I do think he's actually going to be one of those cuts. I tweeted that out a while ago. We do have a little bit of breaking news, as I see it. Uh, Evan Ingram is heading to the locker room. Looks like he limped off earlier. He's had a strong camp. That's that's a tough break uh, for Ingram, who was the maybe you grab him if you missed out on everyone. He was the safe guy you could take at the end of your draft. Um, but deal, it looks like it's dealing with the calf issue. The way that Evan Ingram heals from injuries is not mm-hmm. something I'm too excited about. So that's, that's something to yeah. monitor as, as yeah, if you were counting on him being available in your last round. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I think you said it all there. Um, but yeah, so Tony Jones, I th- I think, uh, that's one that I, that really like kind of raised the eyebrows. And also, um, one that kind of is starting to get some steam now. I saw a couple guys uh, pick him up Is Alex Collins seems to mm-hmm. maybe out playing, uh, a, even a healthy Rashad Penny, which man, like that guy can't catch a break after that first round draft pick, um, that being a first round draft pick, uh, but yeah, well, any, any thoughts on that before we move on?
0: I grabbed Alex Collins earlier this offseason season, one of my dynasties, I couldn't hold on to him just, you know, through transactions, um, you know, he's showing some real wiggle uh, in that last preseason game. There are a lot of clips of him that were going viral of him just shaking defenders. And these are third string, fourth string defenders that might not be on the roster in a week. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see. And given Carson's physical game, how he could miss time, Alice Collins will be in the running for that number two job. Rashad Penny isn't being given anything at this point in his career. It's fair to wonder if he's the same player after that many knee injuries. So it's not inconceivable that Alex Collins, who Pete Carroll seems to like, because he keeps on bringing him back, Um, it's not inconceivable to see him grab that number two job and you know run with it if Chris Carson were to go down. Without Chris Carson going down, he's not going to have a role, so you're not drafting him.
1: Yeah, one interesting thing. This would be just a again. I'm going Galaxy Brain on us again. Galaxy Uh, Brain, go for it. Alex Collins (laughs) used to be with the Ravens. uh, Yeah. Would they would they trade for him? I don't know. Uh, oh, no. not worth oh, no. not worth thinking about right now. But anyway, um uh Sony Michelle trade to the Rams. Um, mm. we haven't covered this yet. Uh what's what's your take on that?
0: So Sony Michelle was someone I was saying I've been saying for the entire offseason and for for the last week, the week before the trade, especially, that I did not expect him to be on this roster. I thought he would either be cut due to what I perceive as J.J. Taylor being a better player, Roger Stevenson being the rookie they invested in, Damian Harris is the much better player, and James White with the guaranteed contract as the longstanding veteran. That's four backs I didn't think Michelle fit. But, you know, they found a trade partner. And I I do not take this as an endorsement of the running back room in New England. I'm sure they love Damian Harris, which I think who I think is going to be set for a good year. I'm sure they like what they have in Stevenson. I'm sure James White they're content with. Um, but what this is to me is they got they got offered a fifth that could be a fourth for Sony Michelle who would, might not have made this roster. They're taking yeah. that trade regardless of who they thought um, was in their running back room. They Sony Michelle was on a contract year; he was not getting re-signed. It's it's just a smart deal for the Patriots as as opposed to um, yeah. as opposed to an endorsement for the rest of them. If you want to talk with the Rams side, you can go for it. There's some interesting uh, tidbits there.
1: Yeah, so the Rams. It's kind of like people aren't sure what to do. It's Daryl Henderson sometimes goes first, and Sony shortly after. I'm I I want the cheaper guy as like a zero RB target. Um, this is also kind of signaling that NFL teams think that Sony Michelle still has some some juice left. So that's my takeaway. I might I might be grabbing Sony Michelle in some spots is uh is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, um, and and a fourth, you know, I, I say that the Patriots, you know, obviously they're going to take a fourth round pick. It goes the other way of saying that the you know the Rams viewed him worth a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, so that's that's that shows how they value him. And he will be on the field. A little tidbit that I meant to actually I meant to tweet it out, but I got lost in my packing over the last week. Fun fact, and apparently the person who was beating the table for this trade, George, uh, the Rams running back coach is was George uh, was Michelle's coach at Georgia. That's ah. an interesting connection to be aware of. And mm-hmm. Henderson won't Henderson. I don't know if Henderson can stay healthy, and. Right now, Michelle's going in, in the middle of the twelfth round. I expect that to rise since the trade ADPs are still, you know, people are drafting, but ADPs are still fluctuating with something with that uh, as recent as it is. But I'll take someone Michelle late in drafts ten times out of ten, despite not thinking much of his talent. It's the, it's the Rams' offense. That's the type of murky yeah, situation yeah. you you find uh, wine out of water.
1: Listen, the fact that you know that the Rams' running back coach used to be Sony Michelle's coach is what makes you a true football guy. And this is, this is what makes this show work. And I love you for that. So uh, (laughs) rookie QB roundup, Uh, Trevor Lawrence wins the job, whatever was going on. What? I'm not even going to get into that. We're
0: not, we are not that that's equivalent to us saying that JD McKissick wants an every down role. We are not touching that.
1: (laughs) Nothing new for the other guys. uh, Really? Other than um, Justin Fields is just throwing dimes. Trey Lance. I'm going to draw a line. I, I, I had an epiphany the other day with what Kyle Shanahan pulled with the Mac Jones at three nonsense and leaking things to sources and getting up and whatever, I, I think he took acting classes to pull that off. I'm not trusting. For whatever it's worth. I have a, I
0: have, for whatever it's worth. I have a mock draft out there. Um, that proves that I was not in on, I was not buying that for a second Mac Jones. However, I did think it was Justin Fields. So I still got it wrong. I won't, I won't pat myself on the back, but I Matt Jones was never going to make sense there, but, um, what yeah. were you, sorry, not to interrupt that.
1: Um, that's fine. I mean, that, that's, that's the QB roundup. Um, not a whole lot here. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted to put it out there. I want it on there. Old takes expose me. Yeah. I don't care. Trey Lance <laughs> week one. Um, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Sean Watson to the dolphins. I, I, I don't want to talk about it until it happens. Tua yeah. has looked good. I don't get it. Tell me about Kenny Galladay. Tell me about. Oh, Kenny I'll tell
0: you about Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is someone I am not touching in drafts unless he falls to the double digits, which he won't. Um, this is it, it's it's he's dealing he's been dealing with a hamstring injury for several weeks. It's it's he injured his hamstring last year. He's dealt with soft tissue before. This is a guy that I love. He's a great talent, but he's also a guy that's always thrived on touchdowns and big plays. Something that I don't think the Giants are going to have a lot of. So mm-hmm. even if he has a decent market share with positive game scripts, even if he's on the field which is no guarantee it's going to be a streaky play that's going to leave you really barren sometimes sterling shepherds had a strong camp i read today that uh darius lane has quietly had a uh, has has a solid camp um evan ingram might be going down but that doesn't affect how i view that uh i i view the giants as a total stay away situation i think this is a, a a dumpster fire of a team i think this is going to be a like the, I think the wow. wind total, the, I think the line is a six and a half wins. I'm smashing the under. Not
1: uh, low enough, according to you. Not lo- no, low. No, I, I,
0: I, even in the, even in this division, this division improved uh, from when it was last yeah, year. Yeah. Except they, for the Giants. Two,
1: there's, there's two other competitors. Uh, and um, then the Eagles
0: exist, but. Yeah. At yeah. The end, the, I mean, the, I'm in
1: Philadelphia the, right yeah. now. I, I can't say yeah. that too loud, but um, I, I do want <laughs> to talk about, I, I, you made a lot of good points there. So I want to. I want to say that your normal standard drafter, okay, Mm -hmm. the people that are sprinkling in some RBs early, Kenny Galladay is a trap for them. If Kenny Galladay, if you're depending on Kenny Galladay to be your wide receiver two, or God forbid your wide receiver three, um, if if you're depending on him to be that guy, you're in a bad way. However, I'm picking up Kenny Galladay, as like my wide receiver seven, you know what I mean? I'm also someone, someone may be checking me into a, a, a mental facility, but I mean, I, I, I don't really like drafting running backs early. So I'll, I'll go Devonte Adams, Steph Diggs, hammer wide receivers, and then grab Kenny Galladay. I don't hate that. So that's what, when I told you I was, I was on Kenny Galladay at his current price. I'm saying that in that environment, I'm not taking him as my wide receiver two or three, which I think fantasy analysts, I guess that's what we're doing right now, right? We need to start kind of depicting things that way, where if if you're depending on him to do this, he's a no draft at this price. But if you're depending on him to have a spike week and then maybe catch fire back half of the year, and all of a sudden he's replacing Tyler Boyd as your wide receiver three, then we're talking, you know?
0: If I can get as my wide receiver six seven, if I can, if my league has an IR where I'm currently not expecting him to be out there week one, he hasn't been healthy for weeks. Um, And although there was also a few reports before he got injured that he was dropping passes, that's not something I'm really concerned about. I mean, that's the type of stuff I
1: ignore. And I I did want to make this point earlier when when we're talking about like he looks good in a preseason game, we're reporting that to you in this podcast because we want you to understand that he passed the eye test and then people from that camp, from that team sources are saying that that was enough to at least challenge for, for the job. Okay. When we're saying it's not, it's not Kenny Galladay has five drops in a preseason practice. That doesn't matter. What matters is Kenny Galladay has five drops in a preseason practice. Sources say confidence is low, right? Or some, something that alludes to the fact that the team is actually having sit downs with him you know those types every of player things. has bad practices yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: also some the final point i'll bring up on galladay the final nail in the coffin for me it, it's it's the schedule like it starts off week one like let's say he's out there because i think currently people are expecting to be out there i'm a little bit more conservative there starts week one one first denver i don't want to play him there i don't want to play him against washington the next week uh atlanta's fine but then you have uh you have the saints i don't want Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Dallas, I expect to be a bit improved. The Rams, yeah. Carolina's a fine matchup. KC can be tough. The Raiders are fine. But then we're getting to week nine. Um, and then even on the back half, it's just the schedule's not there for me. There's Xavier Howard on the back half. There's the Bucks on the back half. Um, the, yeah, I mean, there's Derwin James tra- and the Chargers.
1: I, I think you can get yourself into trouble if you if you try to predict cornerback Schedule. wide receiver matchups. Um, yeah, fair. fair. That, that far in advance because, I mean – these, the, I, I do think that offensive coordinators are starting to get a little hip to the fact that you can move your big, your big guy into the slot and avoid Spot, that yes. shutdown corner. Um But, yeah, I, I, he's gonna be, he's gonna be an interesting story to follow this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, speaking and a of, final, that, uh, yeah, oh yeah. Go sorry, ahead. sorry.
0: Final thing, just because you said offensive coordinators again, were hip. Another nail in the coffin. We got John, Jason yeah. Garrett. You're relying on oh, yeah. Jason I'm Garrett is not getting Jason. hit. Jason I'm Garrett is not Jason getting there
1: to get hip. You're right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Point, so fade, fade. Point fade. You. if we fade. were on uh, Around the <laughs> horn, they'd be the so, Tony reality <laughs> would just be smashing the points button. What a show. What a show. That was <laughs> the last great show well. of ESPN in my opinion, but um, moving on.
0: We're not going to enter yeah. that.
1: Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn this into an article um, that's probably going to drop. I'd say early this week. Um, uh, Adam Levitan from uh Establish the Run does did this and I, I really appreciated it. Um I thought it was a really cool idea. This is round by round favorite targets. Now I don't just want to do what Levitan did. Copycat. It's copycat league though. Um, <laughs> um I'm I, I tried to pick guys that I know for a fact were going um mid to late. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these to are plant guys your flag that, type of
0: players. You gotta yeah, plant your flag. These-
1: Yeah. These are guys that you can feel comfortable. If I say round three, take them at the two, three turn, you know, reach for them and you're fine. If you're sitting there at six, which is a frustrating spot to be in, right. If you're sitting there at six, grab them on the way through. Okay. You can, I can confidently say, unless anything drastic happens, like after seeing what I saw this weekend in a few drafts, these are players that if I say round three at any spot in round three, you're probably going to get them. Um, Now, one thing to keep in mind is that, um, you, you kind of, you will run into if like, if you're, if you're going, if you're really reaching and reach it, that does add up over a draft, but I, I, I would, I'm also going to probably do later rounds too. And those are guys that are going to fall to you that I'm okay with. So that will balance out. Look for those articles, those pair of articles, um, early, early this week. Um, but yeah, let's start off right away. Round one. Um, this one's uh, Travis Kelsey. Like I said, the sharps and uh, the high-stakes leagues, you're seeing Kelsey go in non-tight end premium, and um, right around like five, six, seven. Um, he could lead the league in, in receiving yards as a tight end. That's not out of his range of outcomes. I, I think, like after CMC, Cook, Camargo, I'm pivoting away from running back, and a lot of people are going to gasp at that. But um, Kelsey has shown no signs of slowing down yet. And until he does, like, I'm not gonna have any hesitations with him. Um, so what do you think? Like, does Kelsey at, at like five like give you give you nightmares?
0: Kelsey at five it does doesn't give me nightmares, but it would it might give me nightmares, but I won't wake up in a hot sweat. Um, okay. <laughs> I say that in a smoldering dorm room, but um travis kelsey's fantastic and he's as safe as he comes um, and i've heard it being said uh, before i'll just reiterate the point that travis kelsey is bust proof the only way he gets uh, in, uh the only way he busts is through injury there's no indication that that should be the case yeah um travis kelsey's fantastic i won't take him at five because i personally still like running backs there i'll still take my aaron jones uh the zeeks the um jonathan taylor but I'll take him over all the wide receivers. I'll take him after the running backs I just named. Uh, I'll probably take him over Chubb, who I am very high on. I know you're not as high on. But nope. um, after the after the running backs I just mentioned, um, and obviously yeah. Kamara, Henry, CMC, and Cook, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll take him right there. So that probably puts me around the what is that about nine, uh, about nine to nine to twelve range. I will take Kelsey. Be very happy with whoever comes around. Um, and if if I I do find myself uh, you know going with that zero RB strategy that you've really put me onto when I'm in that back half where I take Kelsey and I happily take Devontae Adams right around yeah that's Devontae the in
1: vogue that's that's where people are really comfortable going zero RB this year I think the this is like one of the first years where um your typical guys who would like never consider zero RB some of those people are considering it at the back half of the first round and the first um, round running like,
0: backs don't feel as strong as they used to
1: yeah yeah. But um um one one thing I wanted to say um was that um if you needed permission to take Travis Kelsey as early as 5 I just gave it to you okay don't worry about yeah. it yeah and um, I I
0: wouldn't veto it I wouldn't veto yeah,
1: it yeah um the second one and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills uh Naji Harris at 2 early 2 mid 2 late 2 like I said we are both Steelers fans I I don't make There's no bias <laughs> here. There, no is. Bias. there is. We can't oh, avoid not it. There definitely, is. Is, there definitely is. Um, but, um, but I, I, I would not recommend this, this emphatically if the numbers didn't back it up. Um, which again, another article that's going to drop, I'm cranking them out. I'm fired up. I told you, um, another article is going to drop is why I think Najee Harris will go number one overall in startup dynasty drafts next year um non superflex, of course and also uh redraft and the reason is i think his floor is 300 touches and i got friends out there that might listen to this that i was i was talking to they they roasted me they said you said ceh was the same thing and a lot of people said that they said first round ceh on the most explosive offense in 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 the world pass catching chops after five goal line carries in his first ever game was going to be a 300 plus touch legendary Uber unicorn back. They said, Nick, you said that I did. The team never said it. Andy Reed never said it. Andy Reed never made the Jamal Charles, Brian Westbrook, Kareem hunt comparisons that the fantasy community was making. Okay. So what I'm saying is Mike Tomlin Likes to play Madden when he coaches.
0: Yes, he I does. think he
1: sees that, like, if Ben is toast, they wanted rid of him. They wanted rid of him. And he literally had to beg them to let him come back. He says, Okay, we're YOLO balling the 2021 season. Right. And we are going to feed this exciting new rookie 300 plus touches and see what happens. I know I just went on a rant. What do you think?
0: No, I'm all about Najee Harris. I'm trying to find. Uh, the number—a uh, a quick stat while you were talking. But I—I I, Najee Harris. There's the reason there's no bias is because there's stats and there's reasons after reasons to back this up. Mike Tomlin has always used a bell cow running back. He does not leave the field. Even last year, James Conner was terrible, but he was out there every single time. When they used a running back, it was James Conner. You remember? Last does year anyone was the remember? Last
1: he'd ever been to, to a, a committee. committee. And it, and it still it was, wasn't that close. It was above, like, James Conner was getting above league average usage percentages. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that was just because it was so bad. It was such a bad offense. Um, but yeah. it, all in all, like, we look at what are, 2019. What are the doubts, um, though?
1: What are the doubts that people have yes. on Najee Harris?
0: To, I, I think the biggest, the biggest argument against it is the offensive line argument, which is silly um, for the record. Because um, if you look at graded running backs every single year, It's uh, great offensive lines. It's not. There's no correlate. There's not a strong correlation to fantasy success. Dalvin Cook was had a bottom ten offensive line last year. But what he did have was Mark. What he yeah a baller's ball. But he also had market share. He had that 65 percent market share. Nobody was saying that Jacksonville's offensive line was stellar last year. And there's still, especially going into the year, there's still room Mm -hmm. for improvement for this offensive line. Yeah. Um. It it was horrific last year. It couldn't be worse than
1: it was last year. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. I feel like we should be viewing Najee Harris as a eighty-five percent Saquon Barkley. As far as um, he has first-round draft capital, he has the size weight ratio. Like he's a he's a big back that catches passes and is fast. Yes. Right. He, ha- he checks all those yeah. boxes. Is he as fast as Saquon Barkley? Is he as explosive? No. no but he's fast enough. He's meeting the thresholds that he needs to meet to get that uber back volume that's never come off the field. 95% of the snaps he's there. He's pass blocking, he's and and then he gets that extra chance if there's nothing downfield and he's the, he's the he's the valve, you know.
0: Yeah. He's, and if I can offer if yeah. I can offer you a two hundred two hundred, let's say two fifty. I think that's the bar, that's the minimum for his rushing attempts is two fifty rushing attempts.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: let's say thirty receptions. I think that's a think very that's fair line given life.
1: I think that's exactly
0: right. his, Vegas line is has yeah. his Vegas great hands.
1: His hey. Vegas line for catches, not targets, catches Boom. is fifty-three. And sure. I know Vegas lines are soft. If you if you if you don't think Najee Harris is gonna smash and be a top three I'll, if, if you want to hedge top three i'm saying he's going to be the number one pick next year if you want to if you want to bet against me take the under on his 53 catch total if you agree yeah with at, me, take yeah. the over
0: yeah and, and at the end of the, he's also he's being drafted uh, um where's he being drafted right now he's being drafted as the rb 11 i will happily take him at the rb 11 that's that's someone if if i don't go with kelsey and maybe I take a receiver. I am very confident that T- Najee Harris will be in RB one this year. Every year we have rookies that finish as RB ones. There's no one with more of a clear path to that than Najee Harris. Yeah. And the floor, the floor is as high as the ceiling. So yeah, Let me I, let me
1: shut the book on this. Let me shut the book. Shut on it. This.
0: Shut it. Slam the two shut it. Two
1: doubts people have on the on the on the Steelers is Big Ben. Is he done? Yeah which he very well might be, but that is a doubt that benefits Najee Harris because they're going to run the ball more, and if his arm is really shot, what's easier than a dump off to a talented back? Secondly, the offensive line, you covered it beautifully. You covered it beautifully um, that it might not be as bad as we think, one. And two, there have been backs that have succeeded with bad backs, and the comparison that I made, I I meant to round it out with saying that Saquon Barkley's line his rookie year was awful. Horrific. Yes. Um, but let's move on, um, to round three. Um, this one, uh, CD lamb, I think started the, the kind of off season going in like the five, six range. He's slowly creeped up to three, um, in redraft. I think Uh, you'd be hard pressed to see CD lamb in the fourth round in any league that has like even average fantasy football players. Um, so right there in the middle, middle of the third, I, I I'm confident that you'll see him there. He is one that he may get sniped. Um, especially if if someone likes listens to a lot of podcasts, he's into like establish the run and fantasy pros. Like he's an industry favorite, is what I'm trying to say. And um, on Underdog, which that is best ball ADP on Underdog, he goes at 24 20, overall right now.
0: 20, yeah, I view That's Underdog as
1: in in some respects like is a really good tool to maybe fade. Like kind of it's it's an interesting tool because it is the biggest source of of um, a very large amount of ADP data, Mm -hmm. like paid ADP data, which this, these are money leagues, right? People time out in a $5 league, $3 league, $2 league. Sure. But not as often as these mock drafts where people just want to see their first three picks, something goes wrong and they just restart, you know? Um, But anyway, I trust the ADP in this sense that this is a pretty strong wisdom of the crowd signal for CD lamb. And then aside from that, it makes sense. He is a low a dot slot, receiver with yak these are your odell beckhams these are your stefan diggs these are your antonio browns right we'll get to another guy later this is jerry judy okay these are these are guys who say what you want like the football guys out there might might have their gripes about these guys um, because they don't they don't go outside and like bully cornerbacks you know what i mean but mm-hmm. these are fantasy football darlings Right, yeah, because they're getting high percentage. Like when the quarterback targets them, they have a really good chance of catching it, and then they, they they're just it's just bankable points. What do you? And think he might not C-
0: bull, yeah. And he might not bully people on the outside, but I think he'll see some outside work. I think it's yeah. very possible to me that Amari Cooper sees some slot work this year. He's done it in years past. Maybe not as much mm-hmm. when CD came into town, but Amari Cooper can slide inside, and CD Lamb can perfectly succeed outside yeah. as well. Um, yeah. CD Lamb's just he's just a dynamic route runner. He's someone I've been. I, I made that huge trade for. It. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago to get CD Lamb. Uh, Dak is looking healthy. That was one of the big concerns that um, some people had. I wasn't as concerned, but it, it, every report is that yeah. he's going to be good to go week one. He's today was like some
1: really opti- There were some really optimistic reports about yeah. him today. Yeah. I was. Jerry Jones worried. said he's good to go. You know, you trust Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones. I love Jerry. Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry Jones. Uh, fires me up. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I used to hate a, him, and now I, I don't. I don't I think don't. we need to sell – we don't need to sell the people on CD Lamb. I think, no we don't. I think that's another one yeah. where people just well, – they just might have needed yeah. a little bit of permission. Mr. Garal here, mm-hmm. again, uh, the middle school science teacher is going to give you a hall pass on all these guys. Maybe that's how I'll write the article.
0: So with that in mind, though, I, I guess what's – where's the route where you bust? Is it I, – I think the only route where I see him – because he is being drafted as the wide receiver twelve right now. That is that you're drafting him as a wide receiver one, and I th- I'm happy taking him there. But I I see a world he he doesn't reach that if the only the biggest reason is if Dak isn't right. I think that's the only reason I think he he misses this.
1: Yeah, I would say this. Um, the Cowboys' offensive line um, had some injury issues last year, which is also a, like that's that's not a good sign for an offensive line with that age. If they're healthy, no worries, like wheels up. Um, another another thing that we we might worry about is that pace that Dak was on and that team was on, like was unsustainable. Is is yeah. not sustainable. So CD's like early season numbers definitely got pumped by that. But he, I mean, CD was kind of he was still a top 20 wide receiver with a lot of games with a very decrepit Andy Dalton um and a bad offensive line. So, like I said, he has shown us that in a very bad environment. He can still produce, so third round is a is a, is the right time. Like you got to buy. This is an example of buying high on CD Lamb, and it's okay. You have permission. Yep,
0: and, and by staying in the slot, he avoids those tough cornerback matchups, which may be assigned to Amari Cooper, who will oh, have yeah. his lovely disappearing games. Yeah, he's um, su- let's real
1: quick. I want to touch on Amari Cooper real quick. Go for it. That's a shame for him because CD Lamb is pushing him outside. 80% of the time or so. That's what the preseason um, snap usage um, has looked like this year. And Amari Cooper is a better slot than he is an outside guy. That reception perception stuff I was talking about, he Amari Cooper is below the 70% win rate um, on, on that metric, which it's not good for a wide receiver to not be able to get off man and, and press coverage. So that's why you kind of see him have boom bust because he he booms against bad corners that he can beat. Um, in those man press situations and um, he busts you, you can almost take it to the bank that he's going to bust against a lockdown corner like anybody that has a name you know um mm-hmm. but anyway we got to move on to dj Moore in the fourth round again it's a it's a it's a semi reach but it's not a full round reach um coming off his second consecutive season of a thousand of yards at 24 years old it's his third year he's like he's like uh, benjamin button of wide receivers <laughs> um, we, we want to keep banking on young ascending wide receivers. That's what we did with CD lamb. That's what we're doing with DJ Moore, And that's what we're going to do next round in a second. Um, but one thing that it's like, why is he discounted in drafts? Not everyone sold on Sam Darnold, but the role that Moore got stuck in was the worst role. He could be in, in a Teddy Bridgewater offense. Mm-hmm. That role is valuable. If Sam Darnold, even if he's bad, is going to YOLO it and sling it downfield, which he, he did it at USC. I remember the Penn state USC Rose bowl. That was like, they scored like a million points. It was a track meet. And all I remember is, is uh fat face, uh, Sam Darnold. Sorry, Sam Darnold. I do have you in dynasty, but um, just play after play, just throwing it up um, which DJ Moore can win those balls. He's not like a, a prototypical, um, uh alpha outside wide receiver but he's he's bigger than most people think um he's he's like kind of like a compact run after the catch he can he can go up and get the ball the only he's thing that's well for actually, a smaller yeah, guy yeah. the only thing keeping him from from wide receiver one like top 12 wide receiver status is touchdowns he's scored 10 touchdowns in three years um yeah. so <laughs> dj more dj jarvis one of our uh, one of our founding fathers of uh, of uh, for fantasy's sake um, says all DJs always win, so we love it. So DJ in the fourth round, let's go. Um, I love DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, no, DJ Moore is a fantastic player. I ha- still have my reservations of this offense, or not necessarily the offense, but of Sam Darnold of seeing that touchdown number actually jump.
1: Um, yeah. I do think scores- Robbie and-
0: yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I do think Robbie Anderson is going to get his in terms of volume. Um, I think Sam Darnold's going to pepper him, um, and then we have to factor in. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is gone, but yeah. Christian McCaffrey comes back, and Christian McCaffrey led this team in, in receptions the year before. I don't think that changes. They're paying him to be. He's a great player. He's going to. He's going to have a hundred receptions. So we factor yeah. that in. Plus Robbie Anderson's um, connection, chemistry, and over. And honestly, he's a talented player. He's going to get his. Terrence Marshall might. Terrence Marshall might be stealing touchdowns enough to not be a fantasy that guy, scares but enough. Me. That scares me. Yeah, he can steal some touchdowns. He's the biggest man. guy on this team. Um,
1: I didn't. I was not prepared for you to pour as much cold water on DJ Moore. Those I are love very, DJ Moore, man. I do. I do. Those are very I, good points. Yeah. And, it and makes nobody points as to yeah. why his touchdown numbers probably we we can't increase his touchdown numbers based on his situation getting better.
0: And he's never been. And I understand that. Like this. This like he's never really had some great he's never had great quarterback play but you know four touchdowns last year four touchdowns the year before two touchdowns as a rookie it's it's not it, it maybe that's just not the player he is or maybe he needs you know an MVP mm-hmm. type of outlier quarterback season
1: yeah DJ Moore um, is an analytics I, I think like, oh sorry you you froze up there for a second but I just oh, wanted to say yeah. DJ Moore is like an analytics darling because one thing that oh yeah like one of the strongest correlations with touchdowns and therefore fantasy points is, is yards. And mm-hmm. he's put up yardage 780, his rookie year, over a thousand his um, sophomore year. And then this year or this past year, like 1300 yards, or he approached 1300 well, yards. It was, it was just, just short, short of 12. 12, just short of 1200 yards. Sorry. Thanks for that. But, um, but yeah, the yards are there. So the touchdown should follow just from linear regression. Now I'm gonna lose the football guys here in a minute, but um from from a from a pure regression standpoint, um, he should be scoring more touchdowns. So even one, two more might be enough for him, you know, might be enough for him to 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 rocket him into a, a great great fourth round pick. But moving on to round five, um I got three here. Okay. Three because this is this is probably this is where. You make your money. Okay. Oh, yeah. Round five. I'm taking Jerry Judy young ascending wide receiver. He had a underrated solid rookie season. Okay. D- read the article tomorrow to see those. Um, but he's a, he's a good um, yak receiver. short A dot he's been, he's, he literally has done he's like in the workout group in the off season with Antonio Brown and Stefan Diggs. Cause they all have similar technique. Like again, football guys out there. I know, you know, that there's techniques that matter. Right. And, and getting, getting a clinic with Stefan Diggs, Antonio Brown, that's what I want my receivers to be doing. Um, Teddy Bridgewater kind of unlocks this, this offense, believe it or not. Um, say what you want about Teddy Bridgewater, but he supported three 1000 yard wide receivers last year and a good back. Um, and Mike Davis. Um, and like I said, for all the reasons that I love CD lamb, I love Jerry Judy, different athletes, um, different, uh, overall body types, different pedigrees, um, probably, but both are fantasy. They're both in the same fantasy wide receiver archetype for me. Um, say a little bit about Jerry Judy, and then we're going to talk about, uh, his exciting teammates.
0: It's it's ridiculously difficult for me to not to to say just a little bit of Jerry Judy because Jerry Judy is has made my team in almost every mock I've done. I will reach on him if I need to. Uh, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater already has a connection with uh with Jerry Judy. They've been connecting all preseason. You know, and Corland Sutton missing time to be in camp. That clearly affected the where Teddy was throwing the ball. We saw it in preseason that uh, you know, he was looking his way. Jerry Judy is a ridiculous talent. I don't think we need to doubt that. People talking about his drops rookie year. rookies deal with drops. Receivers deal with drops. It doesn't mean Kill had double-digit drops.
1: I need people to hear that again. Ignore yeah. drops. They do not ignore from year to year. They may carry over game to game because of a psychological component. Mm-hmm. But good coaches will not get on a young receiver for drops. Yeah. Good coaches. And George, yeah. Good coaches right. will understand that that these players have been catching footballs their entire life. Drops are outliers. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes I think some of these coaches don't understand that and they'll get in the receiver's head. And then it does like there's, there are real psychological things that can undo years of practice.
0: The hardest um, thing to do is to get open. And Jerry Judy does it as well as yes, anyone. Yes. And he did it last year. He put up yes. about, what 850 yards last year. And he did that mm-hmm. with the second most amount of uncatchable targets behind only AJ Green, uh, interestingly enough, but Mm -hmm. if he had every ball was over his head it was on it was it was tough to watch he was dropping some yes but when you double that with the targets that were not catchable jerry judy's in for an incredible second year we talk about it every every single year we just talked about with cd lamb uh people talk about with brandon Ayuk. you want to grab a second year receiver you want to grab two second year receivers jerry judy is that mold He's going in the fifth, sixth, seventh round because of wh- how we're viewing the quarterback situation and how murky it was. I'm taking him ten times out of ten. Do you want to? Yeah. You want to touch on Javante? Who was our next yeah, name? So, Javante Williams. I didn't build that up at all.
1: So uh, I've. So, no, it's all good. The um the thing is is. This this was an insight that I gathered from this weekend of doing a few dra- like real drafts with with some friends, um because I've been doing a lot of like uh sharp leagues uh but that's true like people that are drafting like in July they're typically more into fantasy football um for what that's worth um but but uh the in these leagues like adp does not reflect what I saw this weekend because it's just different um and that's for better or for worse honestly um because we can definitely overthink these things but anyway what I saw was that I had to make a choice because I and I wanted Jerry Judy and Javante Williams In my experience, you can't get both. Okay, so what I want to say is Javante Williams in the fifth makes sense for a team that went wide receiver heavy early. It does not make sense for a team that went running back heavy early. You don't. What I'm saying is you can get away with, and this is why I love him in the fifth. And I can see that you're not going to like this. I'm okay with Javante Williams being week one, being one of my he being my RB two. I'm okay with Javante Williams being my R B two. I'm not okay with him probably being my R B one. Actually I am, but I know a lot of people won't be, so I'm telling the people what they want to hear. I'm okay Tunes with him out. being Tunes my RB one. But I'm okay with Javante Williams as my RB one with like James White on my bench. You know? Because maybe he doesn't get there the first few weeks. Right? What do you think? Oh my God. Oh, gosh. sorry. There he sorry. Goes. I just I just I just goes. heard
0: that James White has to be in my starting lineup and I just Nah, it's fine. James I literally White, you know, thought
1: you were about to puke because it's too <laughs> hot in the <your> room.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I listen. Javante Williams is fantastic, and I honestly have been targeting him in leagues where I am a little bit more running back heavy. Kind like, of the opposite of what you said, where I love. I, I view Javante. And he's Williams a great target as,
1: for any team.
0: Yes, yes, that yeah, that's basically what it means. It's, unless you go, maybe if you don't go quarterback, maybe if you go quarterback early, which you know, whatever. Um, but. Javante Williams, I view in the lens of Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor's timeline last year got upped by the Marlon Mack thing. But Melvin Gordon will exist on this offense for at least the foreseeable future. Right. He's, that, gro- that groin injury isn't there. Uh, oh, that groin injury is in the past. Javante is great. I don't want to start in week one. I I can't yeah. feel comfortable starting him until I see I think
1: him. He's good, man. I, I don't J- think I, Javante Williams
0: was my favorite running back to scout in this start. I had Najee number one. I had Javante number two ahead of ETN. He can pass like we saw it this weekend as well. And it was so important to see. But he leveled a, a lot blitzing linebacker. He can pass block. He has soft hands. And we have no doubts about his ability as a rusher. He's a great player and talent will win out. And it might be one of those second half things, which is why I want to go. I want I wanna I don't want to start in week one. If if I go wide receiver early, then maybe I grab a Damian Harris, someone I feel comfortable starting. Um with a safe workload and then I can wait for the Javante breakout. But it's definitely coming. I'm I am i am very excited for the Broncos this year, clearly.
1: Yeah, you made a you made a couple points there, but I want to make it clear. The reason I said that the way I said that, which was this running back early teams, I would recommend to not take Javante Williams. Not because I don't think it's a good idea to have a couple, couple backs to get you through the first half of the season and then Javante Williams smashes. And there you have three RB ones on your team and, and Javante Williams is your flex. That's great. That's, that's fine. That's fine for me. However, what I'm saying is I think those running back early heavy teams, I don't want them to miss out on Judy is what I'm saying. That's fair. I'm saying like Jerry Judy is your RB or sorry, wide receiver two. I love that. I love that for those teams. Right. I think that's, that's the way where, a zero RB guy like me, I'm going to have a hard time keeping up with like two, two backs that stay healthy early. Right. And then a team with, um, with Jerry Judy as their wide receiver too. That's a scary yeah. team. Basically
0: you know what, what I mean? we're saying is you, you can't go wrong. I, th- I think, I think those are two names that we both want to target. You're going to leave with yeah. one of those Broncos. I want, I'm, I'm fine with either.
1: Yeah. And one day, Mike, you'll get to the point where you take Javante Williams as your RB one. And then oh, supplement. it'll be next. With, it'll be next year. Yeah, Yeah. supplement him with J.D. McKissick, uh, Naheem Hines, and James White. Um, well, next we'll year I'll be taking Javante
0: Williams yeah. in round two. So, I mean,
1: yeah. There you yeah go. I'll be confident that's, that's, taking I him mean, with that's, number one. I can see that. Um, yeah. Gus Edwards we touched on already. Like, I have him here in the fifth. I probably wouldn't take him over Javante Williams, if I'm being honest. But I really like Javante Williams. I honestly think Gus Edwards might not even be here in the fifth after he settles out. Um, but we've already talked about Gus Edwards' ADP, so let's move on. Um, all right. We might have to end the show with this. Uh, yeah, we probably should. We're, this is, we're on this different. Is be fiery. We're on different ends of this. Um, yes, we are. So th- these are the first six rounds. In round six, all right, round six, I'm saying Jamar Chase. Uh, this is one where you're not reaching for Jamar Chase here. You're you're letting him fall to you, in my opinion. Um, I'll let you start. What what what's the what's the bear case on Jamar Chase?
0: Okay, so. If you can't tell by me basically trying to tape over my mouth while you talk about Chase, I, I Chase was my number one prospect in this class. I didn't have Smith, I didn't have Waddle, I didn't have Bateman. I had Chase as my number one. And he's gonna have a good career. But after taking a year was off pretty, of that, that was the
1: consensus number one. Yes, I don't think the contrary in there.
0: Consensus no, no, number no. one. At, at the end of the day it came down to that. I just want I, I want to say that I don't think Chase is a bad player. I think that he looks like a player who took a year off of football. He mm-hmm. sat out twenty he sat out twenty twenty. Uh, you know, during the pandemic when players were able to do that. Um, and he's, the dro- we talk about drops not being, you know, an issue, but they it's, it does, I'm starting to worry how they're going to affect his confidence given how high profile these drops tend to be. He just dropped another one this weekend when Burrow just went in one of, Burrow's three snaps, threw a little screen to Chase, dropped it again. But my argument does not revolve around drops. My argument revolves around receivers dropped in the top ten. It, it, since 2012, there have been nine wide receivers drafted in the top 10. Uh, and for the record, the the history inside the top five is even worse. But I gave it, I gave ah. him some. I gave him leverage. I gave him leverage. I gave gave him uh, top 10. So bigger sample size. So these are the names: Justin Blackman. He was the wide receiver 89 in his rookie year. Tavon Austin, wide receiver 55. Sammy Watkins, wide receiver 27. Mike Evans, wide uh, 13. Amari um, Cooper, 21. Kevin White missed the entire year with injury. And Corey Davis, who was the 86. Uh, oh, and okay. Mike Williams, who was the 137. And John Ross, who saw only two targets in the three games he played. So I'll I'll try to do this quickly because I know we're running out of time. I know you got to make your case. But Chase, to, to, to live up to this six-round ADP, you're drafting him to exceed that, right? You're drafting him to be inside the top 20. So if you're drafting to try to be close to that Evans thing, Evans did in the back of 12 touchdowns. I don't think Chase is going to be – I don't think anyone receiver on this team scores that much. Um, If you want to compare him to Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper saw a 130-target thing, a 130-target workload. He got a solid thing. He got got a solid market share. We got to compare that to here with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, both of which Tyler Boyd has recorded 75 receptions for three straight years. That's not changing. T. Higgins is coming into his own as a great wide receiver. If I don't see where Chase fits here to the to the level of sixth round ADP, you're drafting to be your wide receiver two, three. If you go heavy on wide receiver, you're taking him as your four, five. I just I don't think it happens at least until we might see some flashes, but I don't think you're going to be able to predict those games. It's a tough division in the AFC North. It's a ridiculously tough schedule. We've been saying about the Steelers. Why don't we say about the Bengals? And this offensive line's a train wreck. You won't get downfield quick enough for how for how quick Burrow is going to be under pressure. I'll, I'll let you try to make your case on Chase, but he's off my board pretty much. Yeah, I, I that's, interesting that that were, that's interesting that you
1: were that's interesting that you're able to pull up so many first-round busts, but I you named them all. All of the recent like first-round busts also happened to be on the actually in the higher end of the draft, which is interesting. That's an example of like a very small sample size showing a, a relationship that is a correlation, but not a causation. I, I know was, you understand yeah. that that it, the the fact that wide receivers are taken earlier that has nothing to do with them failing.
0: Yeah, just, no, of course not. I was yeah. saying, but th- those numbers I gave were for their rookie year production. Mike Evans is a great receiver. Mari Cooper is a yeah. great receiver. Sammy Watkins had some other mental issues, and some oh. of the other guys. Mike Mike Williams, I think, is great. He's just been injured. And we yeah. didn't, we don't know about some of the other guys, but I'm not doubting Chase's talent. I just don't think the first year production is this. I think this is a post type so, sleeper in 2022. I
1: could, I could definitely see that for the other reasons you named. This is not one of them. And I'll explain in a second. This is a good little analytics insight because I do think that, like my camp of people, we do a really good job with these wide receivers. We, we hit on them more than we missed, um, for sure. Um, but, I do think that his path to failure, I will agree with you that there's a lot of mouths to feed. Maybe Joe Burrow is a little slow to come back from his injury. Um, T. Higgins isn't going anywhere. He's gonna demand his targets. Um, and Tyler Board's gonna demand his targets. like I'm, I'm I'm on board with you. And listen, I don't want my rookies having this type of camp. You can't have a worse camp than him. There's even some off the field stuff that we're worried about. yeah, not super worried about, um, but um, but li- like I said, Jamar Chase checks all the analytics boxes. Okay. All the all the busts that you named, we saw them coming, right? They had the red flags, um, like uh, like like they did, they broke out late, right? Like we don't like the, the analytics community talk about another rookie wide receiver that's had a terrible camp and Kandarius Tony. The an- oh analytics God, committee, yeah. we've ignored him, right? Oh yeah. To me, I, like that, I, yeah, that player yeah. doesn't exist and he's he's like really having a rough camp. The reason Kadarius Tony um uh we were off him mm-hmm. was he had a low dominator rating. He didn't low break dominant, out until his yeah. senior senior year. He's old. Um the types of like like colleges Poor, can kind he of he wasn't produce. a good
0: route runner. There wasn't yeah, there, it, it was college, just explosive yak plays that succeed in yeah, yeah, college that yeah. don't exceed on the next level.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um and um but but that that's a little bit like I think we, we overextend our, our confidence and in, in being able to like kind of talk about that stuff. Whereas like the, the age stuff and like the breakout age stuff, like that's not, a, that's not good. But um, what I'm saying is, is Jamar chase does not have those red flags. Okay. So because of that, and because of the draft capital, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to get right. Okay. I don't, I, I think the reports of odd and Tate taking some snaps away from him, Sure, that's that may happen early, but I'm drafting Jamar Chase in the sixth round as a home run swing, where I think in the back half of the year, people are going to be like, "Um, and we were worried about what? So I do want to say that this is another one. If you're depending on Jamar Chase to be your wide receiver three, or even your wide receiver four, right? If you're depending on him to be your wide receiver three, you got problems, Okay. But if you're taking Jamar Chase in the sixth round as your fourth wide receiver, there's plenty of wide receivers that you can get by with until he gets right. I'm telling you, he's too good to not get right. I'm telling you, take him in the sixth and be the guy where everyone's like, man, I can't believe we all let let him get Jamar Chase in the sixth. Because the wisdom of the crowd before the drops and stuff had him, had him going higher than any rookie we've ever seen ever. And Way I, I, too high. I, I, he's going too high. He was going too high in the fourth, but in the sixth, I'm all over him. Is all I'm saying. For reference, C.D. That. Lamb was the highest rookie taken last year, and he went in like the seventh or eighth. So we're getting closer to that, and you may see him there. But I, I want, I want him for sure in the sixth.
0: Yeah, and I can, I can get behind maybe eighth. Maybe I can get behind the eighth. But the reason why it, why Chase is going as high as he is. Yes, Chase is a great prospect. Yes, the Bengals run a lot of three wide receiver sets, but Chase is going this high because of the season that Justin Jefferson had, and the reason why Justin Jefferson was so amazing, so beloved, is because he went in the double digits. We love Ceedee Lamb; he went in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, depending on the league type of league you were. Yeah, are. he
1: paid off his ADP um, there. He paid off
0: his yes, ADP. and he, and he did, especially with Dak. Which you know you can't predict the stuff that he happened did. after that. But it Chase is It's 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 a low scoring offense. It's a competitive market share. AJ Green's workload is exactly what I expect to happen for uh, exactly like that. AJ Green saw 100 targets. I find transferring those 100 targets pretty much directly to Chase. Yeah. And 100 targets for, let's turn this. I don't think he's going to catch a lot of those balls. It turns into 50, 55 receptions. And if we get a Dirty Judy type of season, that's what I'm expecting as his ceiling. That's kind of what I view his ceiling as this year and I'm not drafting that in the sixth round, especially if it takes to the second half of the year to get that. I'll trade for him if I want to do that. Spending a sixth-round pick on someone I won't see production for for weeks is, is – um, especially with the question marks that I have for Burrow, that offensive line, staying healthy. I, I, I'll I, trade for him if I if I change my mind midway through this season. I won't spend a sixth
1: up for him. All right. Here's, here's my last pitch effort, okay? Last go for it. Because – So you mentioned Justin Jefferson, teammate of Jamar Chase. People Mm -hmm. are wanting him to have the year that he had. Yes. The reason why I'm saying the sixth is I'm splitting the difference between the fourth, which I don't know that there is a rookie on this planet other than Calvin Johnson that could pay that off, okay? Which I don't even – we'll talk about Calvin Johnson's rookie year later. I'm curious. But (laughs) between the fourth and the eighth, C.D. Lamb was the eighth last year. He went in the eighth top 20 wide receiver and PPR in a bad situation, right? I'm splitting the difference at six with Chase because he was the better prospect than Justin Jefferson. C.D. Lamb was seen as the better prospect than Justin Jefferson. So I'm saying that Jamar Chase is two rounds more valuable than C.D. Lamb pre-rookie year, okay? Now, that's that's tough to wrap your brain around. It's not no, I, 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 right I agree. But Jamar yeah. Chase in college football, in his year that he broke out at... Um, he was the best
0: receiver in college football. He was better yeah, than... 20 touchdowns. Better, I don't
1: think people understand how ridiculous that is. And uh-huh. Justin Jefferson was on that team. The reason the analytics community, we kind of missed on Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Remember, a lot of people might have already turned off the podcast because I said C.D. Lamb was a better prospect than Justin Jefferson. And the armchair experts and the hindsight analysis are going to say... I had Justin Jefferson one overall in last year's class. No, you didn't. Some people did. Shout out John Saber, writer for the Center Daily Times. I know he was high on Justin Jefferson, and I clowned him for it, and he was right because he watched the tape. He saw that he was actually good. Um, the analytics community missed because Justin Jefferson had a low dominator rating. And a dominator rating is kind of like what percentage and touchdowns and yards do you get from your team? The reason Justin Jefferson had a low dominator rating, and this was kind of why we missed it, was because not because he was bad he was good it's just Jamar Chase, chase was better. that much better mm-hmm. okay that's what the numbers show right yeah that's no, and season. I won't
0: argue prospect I won't argue career arc I and chase will have a chase will have a fantastic career because he's that guy he is that guy and I just don't think it takes a year one I think it's very possible he starts a little bit slow
1: but you um, think that you should be buying Henry Ruggs. Why is everyone down on I, Henry Ruggs if these sophomore well, breakouts are so common?
0: Do you want to compare Ruggs' profile, prospect profile? compared That's to That's true. We, we, weren't on Ruggs. we weren't on
1: Rugs. We weren't on Rugs. We can end We were we on Brian Edwards. I there. am buying Brian. Yeah, we're, we're Henry, buying
0: Henry Brian Ruggs, Edwards. I
1: will, say, yeah. I will say that was unfair because Henry Ruggs does not check the prospect boxes. So we are no, not, not. I want everyone to be clear out there. I am not, and we are not <laughs> buying Henry Ruggs. Okay?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. you, you, we you are buying Brian thing. Edwards. Nick is a Ruggs truther. No, I'm not uh, a Ruggs 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 at the run no. Sims at, at run. The Sims is a, uh, is a rugs. And he might can't as well say, call yeah. me
1: rugs. The Sims might as well. call Ruggs. Me Ruggs the
0: Sims. <laughs> Oh man, we, we should get I think we're we losing
1: should. our minds because we really got yeah. after it today. Um, you want to take did. us out? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jamar no, chasing the, yeah, the six. Don't buy Jamar chasing the six. I'm not a fan of it, but yeah. I mean, that's going to be a day, fun day, one to follow. Yeah.
1: Um, no, for One sure. last thing before you take us yeah. out. Sorry about that. Um, Trey Sermon in the seventh was the last one. You'll have to read my article tomorrow to find out why. There's a plug for you. Now, go yeah. ahead and take us home.
0: And I'll give you one other plug real quick. Next week on Wednesday, for Fancy's sake, is going to have a live draft. That is something that I know we are so excited to have, especially this time. The next week is the is the final note for what we have for Fancy. If you're doing a draft, you haven't done it yet, next week is is the week to do it. You're getting all the all you know updated information. It's something that you have to check out. And live, I know, I know. At least on our end, live drafts are always the fun ones to do. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I know this was a longer one. Again, as I say every week, it's basically long yardage. But if you, you know, if you ever have questions, especially with the you know the week that we you know the fancy busyness that we got, you can find us at you can find me at, at Michael Scully. You got two underscores there, but you don't need to look that up. Um, and you got uh, Nick here at, at One of the Sims. You can follow at for fantasy sake at FFS.
1: I got it. Go for You got it. We're good. At FFSQC. That's for fantasy sake QC.com. The only and best source for fantasy football news, arguments, debates, articles, blogs, live drafts coming at you Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, we'll be kicking off the light, um, live draft that's Eastern time. So 7, um, PM central, um, I'm going to get into a time zone warp here and I'm going to lose it. So, um, we're going to go ahead and log off later, everybody, um, at run underscore the underscore Sims. Take care.
0: Have a good one.